Welcome to Love Your Reports. I'm Paul Felix, your host, and this is episode number 10. Today, I want to take a few minutes and talk about my last week. It was a really hard week last week, not because anything bad happened. It was just a tough week. There's a lot of challenges that came up. And it got me thinking here as I was preparing for this podcast, you know, it could be very easy to face hurdles as we are on this journey to building a reportopia. It'd be easy to say, well, this isn't worth it, or I quit, it's too hard, you know, but I just want to spend today's episode recognizing that there are going to be challenges on this journey. But I also want to, at the end of this episode, provide my two cents on how we can overcome these hurdles. Not to say it's not still going to be hard, but just maybe how we might think about some of these challenges that I'm going to bring up. So I'm going to handle today's episode just by giving some examples. And there's really three categories of challenges that came to mind as I was preparing here. They fall into these three categories. We have business logic challenges. So we're going to talk about a couple of examples and just describe what that is all about. And then we've got the people, I guess maybe the people in politics challenge that maybe isn't really particular to building your Reportopia solution, but it's still something that we have to deal with. And then finally, you have the human factor, mistakes. Mistakes are going to happen. So we're going to address that as well. So let's start out by talking about business logic challenges. You know, we go out there and we find a value opportunity and we say, okay, you know, here's something that we think we can improve about this business or help us grow faster or make a process run more efficiently. And then this is our theory If you want to use the scientific method, you could take that approach. This is our theory about how we might improve that process. And then eventually you got to take that theory and actually do the research. You know, where, in the case of reporting, where are we actually going to get our source data? What does that data look like when we pull it out of the source system? And then eventually your business logic, basically the theory about how we might use this data to provide insight for someone that's trying to improve a process or grow a business practice. How are we going to transform that information into insights? And that's the application of business logic. Now, the application of business logic sometimes is very straightforward. If we're talking about sales and we just want to know, you know, how sales representatives or regions are performing, well, it's generally pretty straightforward. We can just simply look at how many deals they closed, or we can look at how much revenue was generated. There's a lot of different ways to look at it, but some concepts like that are simpler than others. And I want to talk particularly about a marketing measure, close rate. This is something that I've been working with a client in this particular case on their close rate for years, not talking about the logic for years, but we've adjusted the logic for close rate a number of times is what I want to say. So I want to dive into this very common marketing measure Because I think it really exposes how business logic can get quite complicated very quickly. So first of all, you know, what is a close rate? We're basically saying out of all of the opportunities that we have to make a sale, how many of those opportunities are successful? How many of them result in a sale? So the numerator here is the number of people that bought. Okay, the numerator is the number of people that bought. And the denominator would be the number of people that we have the opportunity to sell to. Now, on the surface, it seems quite simple, right? You might say, well, what was my close rate over the past one year? What was my close rate in 2021? Simple enough, right? I can go out there and I can count how many distinct people purchased from me. And I can go out there and also figure out how many distinct people 
I had the opportunity to sell too. But it gets more complicated than that because, first of all, the opportunity may not have happened in the period that you're measuring. So again, if we're talking about the year of 2021's close rate, then what if an opportunity happened in December of 2020 and then the sale happened in 2021? Are we going to count that sale in 2021 without any corresponding opportunity and just assume that maybe it's all going to work out by the end of the 2021 period might have the same scenario where there's opportunities didn't have the time to actually close. You know, that's one approach. Another approach would be to say, well, of those people in 2021 that purchased, but yet didn't have the opportunity to purchase in 2021, right? They didn't have any evidence of the opportunity to sell, whatever that might be in your case. It could be visiting a website. It could be showing up in a store for an appointment could be a number of things that you use to determine if you have an opportunity. Another way of handling this, what I want to say is that we can infer that opportunity. We could say, well, if we had a sale, then there must have been an opportunity. Even if we didn't find one in our measurement, let's infer that opportunity. That would be another way of handling this situation. And then, you know, where I started this whole thing was saying that we're going to count distinct patients. Is that even the right way to do that? Or distinct customers? you know, or distinct website visitors. You know, there's a lot of little things that we can get wrapped around the axle on when it comes to closing or converting, depending on which part of the world you're coming from here. But whenever we're defining these measures, there's a lot of little things that can creep up that makes the business logic more complicated. And when the logic gets more complicated, the development process goes slower. It gets more difficult to understand the results of the business logic. Ultimately, we're trying to come up with a measurement that we can hopefully see how it's performing through time. That's really what's important here. Often, at least in this case, the rate itself is not the most important thing. What's important is to know that we have a consistent measurement and we can determine if we're improving or not improving, right? We need something that we can measure against. And it goes further than that, right? You may have a business model that takes you into account, in this case, a close rate. So you can figure out how much you might be able to spend, again, taking into account the lifetime value of your customer and all of that sort of thing. So these things all play together. So that's one example of how business logic can get complicated quickly on things that on the surface might seem quite simple. Another example of this completely different situation where I have a client where we are actually doing payment postings, basically. So trying to eliminate a lot of the manual work that goes on whenever a customer makes a payment via credit card, we want to actually post that to the accounting system automatically. Because through the process of that person making a payment, we know who they are, we know which invoice they're paying on, and so on. And we can automate that process. We have the evidence we need to actually automate that process most of the time. Now, in this case, the business logic is more of a combination of technical and business logic, but the evidence that we have is actually in the form of an email, unfortunately, in this example. So we're actually parsing the contents of an email body. It's in a standard format, but we're parsing the contents of an email body to try to find the different data elements. You know, what's the customer's account? What's the payment being made on? What's the amount of the payment? So you can imagine basically an invoice format or a payment receipt in the form of an email body as text. And we're trying to take that and parse out the different elements we need. And by and large, it works great. You know, it works really good. But it doesn't always work perfectly. In this case, I made a misjudgment, really. I looked at this body 
and decided how to parse it out. And what ended up happening in this case was that there was, you know, a shift in the characters. Basically, there was more characters in one particular payment than there was in another, which ultimately ended up in us losing or posting a few payments without these cents. In other words, if it was, you know, $100.25, we were posting $100.20 instead of $100.25. So it wasn't a huge deal, right? But in order to define that business logic with certainty, if we were to stop and analyze every possible scenario before we made anything happen, the process would have been a heck of a lot slower. But inevitably, you know, defining that logic can be complicated. And there's countless examples of this. Again, this is not something that matters which industry you're in. It doesn't matter which horizontal within an industry you're in. You know, if you're in IT, if you're in marketing, if you're in sales, operations, finance, it does not matter. Every segment has these business logic complexities that we have to deal with at one point or another. Okay, so that's the first example of how things can get hard. And, you know, sometimes that hard work can be fun. It is challenging to just mentally put yourself to the test and think about these things. You know, what is the right thing to do? But eventually we have to actually decide. So let's talk about that a little bit. So the second area where things can get hard is around people. At Leap4BI, we work with a number of clients and ultimately the responsibility to say, yes, we want to do this or no, we don't want to do this or, you know, this is my decision on this particular scenario is going to fall on our client, basically. Someone in your organization, if you're building a Reportopia solution, has to make some decisions. And what I see happening often here is as companies get larger, they get more complex. Just naturally, there's more people involved. And when there's more people involved, there seems to be this tendency to just kind of protect yourself or play it safe. It's almost like once you decide who's going to decide, like if I'm the person that's going to decide in an organization, then I'm asking myself, well, if I'm tasked and given this authority to make decisions, then what happens if I make a bad decision? And I understand that sort of thinking, but it really stagnates these processes, the development of a really effective solution. And we don't see this all the time, but I do see this occasionally, and it is something that needs to be addressed. You know, what I think needs to happen here, my opinion on this, is that we have to have a culture where people are able to make mistakes. That's really, really important. If your organization has given someone the authority to build this reporting solution, and you want them to be successful at reaching some goal that you have not reached before, then there is a risk factor. No matter how you cut it, there's a risk factor in there somewhere. It could be in the business logic, like we just talked about. We might make a bad decision that ultimately doesn't measure exactly what we want, exactly the way we want. It could be in the way we're actually sourcing data. It could be in a number of different things. Maybe we didn't have the right testing cases. There's a lot of different situations. And of course, we're always going to try to avoid mistakes wherever possible. But people need to have the freedom to make the best decision they can and then look at the outcome of that decision and not be punished in any way if the decision turns out to not be correct. Now, don't get me wrong here. You don't want people just willy-nilly making decisions that don't make sense at all. But you definitely don't want to stagnate your organization by making decisions that don't have good outcomes as being a terrible thing. I don't know if that comes across in the way that I'm intending to say this. I guess I'm having trouble describing it, but 
again, the point is you want people to be able to make decisions with the information that they have at hand. You want good critical thinkers that are making rational decisions, but those decisions are not made with 100% understanding of all the things that are impacting that decision. So there's going to be cases where the decisions don't turn out to be correct. What's really important is that the people that make those decisions quickly recognize that the outcome is not what we wanted and they adjust. And that's what should be rewarded is the people that can actually see what's going on, make a decision when it needs to be made, and then adjust if things are not going correctly. So that's area number two. And it kind of bleeds into number three, which is just the simple mistakes. Again, I'm going to repeat myself here a little bit, but it is so important that we have a culture that really fosters the learning process. We don't know all of the answers when we go into building these solutions. We know there's an opportunity and we have a pretty good idea how we're going to realize that opportunity. You know, exactly what are we going to do to improve this business process? Are we automating a process altogether or are we creating some type of insight that's going to enable people to make the process more efficient? We have that going in to building these solutions, but mistakes are going to be made. I gave an example here about the credit card payment postings earlier where we're trying to actually parse the body of an email and you can consider that to be a mistake. You know, should we have known that characters might shift on other bodies of text? Sure. You know, I think inherently we did know that there was a risk of that and we didn't find this scenario in our initial test cases. So was it a mistake? You could call it a mistake. You could call it a business logic gap, whatever you want to call it. It is something that is going to happen. So it makes building these solutions a little bit harder. It makes it really work sometimes to really look at these detailed situations and try to figure out, well, what is the right way forward? I can give another example. This week, I had a client where we're trying to optimize a process. We're trying to identify when there's errors in a pretty complicated process that both people and automation are involved. We'll just say that. And we're implementing that process across five different companies in this case. This is kind of a collection of companies that are being managed in the same way. And one of the companies ended up not being included in the error collection rate. And it wasn't included because I didn't include that company in my initial logic because I had jumped to the conclusion that we were not including that company. I didn't think they were going to be involved in this process, but ultimately they needed to be involved. And I thought I had added them but I didn't do something that needed to be done to add them. That's the best way to describe that quickly. Ultimately, it's a mistake. It's a mistake that I made. And when I went back and looked at it, I thought about, you know, what could I have done to not make this mistake in the future? How could I have known to not make this mistake in the future? And that type of questioning of yourself really, I think, grounds you. You know, I consider myself to be pretty good at what I do. I've been doing this for a long time in a lot of different situations, but I still make mistakes and I really do try to question myself about how to improve. And in this scenario, how could I have improved? Well, I could have done better at documenting the process. In this case, there was reference tables that needed to be updated that didn't get updated. But if I had documented the process further, then maybe I would have followed my documentation when I tried to implement this additional company and that might have prevented the mistake from happening. In any case, the point of this is that mistakes are going to happen It can sometimes be disheartening because, again, it makes this whole process seem hard, which it can be hard. You know, building Reportopia is not something that is typically going to be just a very easy thing to do. 
And that doesn't matter, you know, if you're on the technical side or the business side of this, there's a lot of work to be done. Sure, there's low-hanging fruit out there often that can be knocked out pretty quickly with very little risk. But as you get further down the road and you're trying to be more and more efficient, you're actually shaving much smaller margins off of your business processes, I guess you can say, which adds to the difficulty of being successful. Not to say you won't be successful, but you very likely will be successful if you stick it out and actually do the work that has to be done. All right. So again, three areas that can be very difficult here, and that's defining clear business logic, just working with people. There's often a lot of people involved in these processes and everybody's got their own way of doing things and everybody has their own interests. So being upfront about those interests is really important. And then just recognizing that mistakes are going to be made. You know, make that part of the process up front that make people feel like, you know, mistakes are part of the process. That really is part of the process. And when people identify a mistake and correct it, that's really the thing that should be focused on. All right. So I got a couple of, I guess, my two cents about how we can leave this on a positive note. And again, building Reportopia is, is totally worth it. it you know, <laughs> these little things that I'm talking about here are often why this work doesn't get done. But it's so, so diminishingly small as compared to the opportunities that we're often trying to capture. So the first bit of advice that I have is don't let perfection get in the way of progress. And I'm not the first person to say that, but don't let perfection get in the way of progress. You know, you can sit here and you can talk about business logic until you're blue in the face. You can bring in all kinds of committees and see who you think is the most critical thinker and has the most foresight into what the ramifications of each little nuance are. Or you can get something out there and start capturing some value today. Maybe you can capture 80% of the value today with the no-brainer portion of this logic. And then you can focus on that remaining 20% by optimizing the business logic. But don't let perfection be the reason for not making progress. you got to make progress. Just continue to push forward. And then the second thing I would say as my two cents here on how to overcome some of this is try to keep things simple, especially when it comes to business logic. You know, you can basically create business logic to deal with every little nuance that ever could possibly come along. And by that way, I would say you're kind of tuning your metrics, which you want to do to some extent. But you don't want to overtune your metrics until they're just unrecognizable, I guess you can say. In some ways, you can say that all of that noise that actually is often going to be part of the metrics that we're creating, you could say it's actually part of the metric. You know, it, it may be offsetting the resulting values a little bit, but so what? You know, does it really, really matter? Is it worth the complexity to account for every nuance within the business? in order to adjust this number to something that basically is going to be 0.01% different from what it would have been if we don't even address those things? I would say probably not. But back to point number one, if it is worth it, don't let that stop you from making progress. Go ahead and get the thing out there in a way that is defined in a way that most people can agree with and then move forward with the complexity if you absolutely have to. Ideally, though, keep it simple. When you keep things simple, people understand it. People understand a measure that you can describe in a couple of sentences. If you can't, then often not only are other people not going to remember what really that measure is telling you, but often we, the people building the solution, will forget. And like I mentioned a bit ago, 
Maybe we also forget to document it pretty clearly. And before you know it, we're going in there and reading through our code to figure out what the heck we did. So keep it simple. It often pays off to just avoid the complexity. At a minimum, consider the value or the cost of the complexity before you undertake it. And then the third thing I want to say is just say what needs to be said. You know, I just feel like sometimes in organizations, we're, again, kind of just stagnant by this fear of people either judging us or pointing fingers if things don't go in the right direction. And that kind of keeps people, I don't know, from speaking up. And I just think it could be so much more productive if everybody felt free to just, you know, consider this business your business or this process your process. If you owned it, which frankly, you are probably partially an owner of this process, you're invested in it at a minimum, what would you do? You know, what is the right thing to do? That's really all that should be considered. It shouldn't be, you know, if I get this wrong, this might be the last straw, right? <laughs> when you're at that point, it's really difficult to make meaningful headway. So there you go. I gave three examples of how things can be difficult, why this is work. It's difficult to define clear business logic. People have to work together and that can create some complexities as well. And then ultimately, we're just going to make mistakes sometimes. We're human beings. Let's make mistakes. Whatever you do, make progress. So mistakes are part of the process. And then how to kind of overcome these things. Don't let perfection get in the way of progress. And then secondly, keep it simple. And finally, if something needs to be said, just say it. You know, I think that's really, really good advice. It's not saying that you need to be crude or anything like that. That's not the intention of what I'm saying. But say the things that need to be said. Question things. Ask things in a professional way. If you're a bystander talking about business logic for two weeks, then by God, just go ahead and say, is this really worth it, people? We're spending two weeks of five people's time here. Should we really be doing this in order to optimize this thing that, you know, we've already identified the value as being X? You know, we're diminishing the return on this thing by spending all this time on this. Should we go ahead and just make a decision and move forward? Okay. So, um, you know, I hope this podcast didn't come as kind of a downer type of podcast. That's not the intention here because building a Reportopia solution is just so, so important. It really is when you think about things. I'm going to bring one more thing up. And I think I've said this before and I'll probably say it again, but if you believe that an organization's success is dependent on the cumulative ability of everybody in that organization to make good decisions, I'm going to say that again. If you believe that, if you think that a organization being successful depends on everybody in that organization making good decisions, and by everybody, I do mean everybody. You know, if you're talking about the person at the point of sale, that person's got to make a good decision. Sure. It doesn't take as much critical thinking to make a good decision in that case. Maybe in some cases it does, but often it doesn't take as much critical thinking as, say, the store manager might need to order the right inventory. And that person may not need to have as much leeway or may not have as much critical th thinking required as the regional manager and so on. But everybody in the organization has a role to play. And if you believe that those people making good decisions is what's going to lead to your success as an organization then how important is it for those people to have the information and the insight that they need in order to make good decisions? It's critical. And that's what we're talking about here is building a solution that supports the entire organization so that the business can operate efficiently. Okay, well, I'm going to leave it there today. Thank you all again so much for tuning in. 
feel free to reach out to me at any time. My address is paul at loveyourreports.com. You can find me on Twitter at Paul B. Felix is my handle there. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll talk to you again each and every Tuesday. Thank you.